We're here. Hello and welcome, everyone. My name is Andrew Krause. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight. We have Mr. Stephen Key. He's the other co-founder at InventRight. Together, we co-founded InventRight 23 years ago. We've had students in over 65 countries. What does that mean? They're a student. They're a member. It means we train them to license. And what is licensing? Licensing is basically renting your idea, right, Stephen, to a big company. And you don't need to raise money. You don't need to hire employees. You don't need to try to get distribution at retailers that don't want to talk to you because you just have one product. Instead, it's their money, it's their employees, and oh, that well, particular so Andrew, company. I want to have a garage full of inventory, things I thought we were going to sell, but they don't sell, and now I have a garage full of product. That's what I want. Yeah, are you being sarcastic? Yes, I am. Yeah, yes, yeah. but yeah. you know, um, it, licensing isn't all perfect. I make it sound beautiful and perfect. If you are completely resistant to changing the color of your product or changing a little something about your product, you're not going to be happy with licensing because you don't have complete and total control. You know, they might go, well, we want to change it. We want to put the hinge over here. We want to do this. And if you're like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, okay, don't do licensing because they're going to make some changes. Now, if they don't perform, this is why I say renting. If they don't perform, you get it back. You never want to say stupid stuff and people are like, I didn't know that was stupid to say, Andrew. I want to sell you my patent. I want to sell you my invention. No, they're going to pay as you go. As the product is successful, they're going to pay you. Okay. Um, so, Stephen, we're just going to ramble as we usually do as the comments start to stream in. I don't see anybody in there yet. Uh, no, not yet, but we, you know, they'll usually, usually within seconds, some people stream in. I know. But... That's, I don't see anybody. Are you sure we're live, Andrew? It says we're live, so we'll see here. Well, I mean, the the chats we've been doing have been like we can't even get to all the questions. So hopefully, with a minute or two there's here. There's not one question there now. I know. I don't see anybody. But anyway, we'll 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 find out here. We'll Could just someone raise their hand. Give us the thumb up. If well, you're... we did we did start six minutes late. Oh, here we go. There they there are. Okay. Here they're starting to come okay. in here. So. Uh... Oh, here's here's a gentleman that met you at one. Of, we go to hardware shows. Sometimes Justin said, Hey, Stephen, we met at the National Hardware a few years back. So, Stephen and myself will go to trade shows, and it's a good chance to meet up with our, our fans. We don't have another word for that people that follow us but aren't students of ours. And oh, everybody's filing in here. Are we going, um, Andrew? Are we going to SuperZoo? Uh, when is SuperZoo? Am I, am I not in keeping with that? When is it again? Yeah, I always go to SuperZoo. I think it's this month. Is it? Okay, I need to put that on my calendar. <laughs> Come on, you, you and I love that show. And since I've got a dog, I'm going to love that show even more. Well, I hey, I've you know we're always trying to one up each other, right, Stephen? I have two dogs. Ha. Yeah, well, yeah, that's not a, that's not an asset. That's you, usually well, you have two big dogs. I have a small dog. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I I want to go to Super Zoo. So Andy, look on the calendar. Make sure we can get in. Or would you please? Well, yeah, we go every we go every time. Or at least one of us do, or both of us do. Uh, Heidi wrote, "You're both so gracious and patient." Is ever it is ever frustrating to be asked the same question by new inventors oh is it no, ever never, frustrating? Never. you know i want to answer that stephen here you would think right we've been doing this 23 years it's the same question but when you get such great excitement from the inventor about their product and and they're just really excited and they're they're looking at you for for direction and i don't 
because I see I'm opening up their eyes to removing all those roadblocks and doing all the things they need to do. And it, and that keeps you energized, at least for Stephen and myself and our coaches and everybody in our company, it does. Maybe for other people, it wouldn't. But um, it does because it's new for you. And if we can open up your eyes to this whole world of licensing, it, it's, it's exciting because we're getting that excitement from you. You know, well, Andrew, you know, think about it. We're teachers. We're educators, Heidi. And that's the reason why, you know, it does not bother us. In fact, it's like a new, you know, like a new year. We have a new group that comes in. It's like teaching second grade or high school. A new group comes in every year. So, no, we don't get tired of it. We really enjoy it. And Andrew's right. We want to be part of your journey. And we want yeah. to see that change. We want to see some really amazing things happen. So, uh no we, we we enjoy it very much well this person said lunch and live with invent right <laughs> i guess it's lunch. <laughs> there maybe they're on central or eastern time for us it's only 10 o'clock Stephen. we're not quite neat lunch yet i want to um, andrew can i tell this one story um just so everybody knows when someone signs up with our program our premium program they start with the coach the coach starts to get them in in the process i come on about I don't know, two to three coaching sessions in to make sure kind of we're on the same page, if there's any questions, all that kind of great stuff. And then I reach back out, um, which I'm doing now, reaching back, out, reaching back out to our students, our members, at the very end kind of close, because I want to know if we're succeeding. I want to know if we get an A+, plus. Are we, are we doing everything that we say we're going to do for our students? And Andrew, I'm pleased to announce the coaches are doing a great job. And this one particular member, Peter down in San Diego said, you know, uh, he gave us a thumbs up. He said, fantastic. He goes, you know, I was taking your class in college. I went back to my professor. He goes, I changed my major. Oh, yeah, that's a cool story. I changed my major because of the stuff that I learned from you guys. Right, because you were teaching me how to do it a different way. And the school was going to teach me a different way of doing it that that was just going to take long. And I, they were teaching me to get a job. And right. I don't want a job. Right? I, I, I wasn't signing up for a job. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do some stuff. And so I changed major, major so I could be an entrepreneur and not someone looking for a job. And I love that he said that to me. So Andrew, I had to share that with you because I thought, yeah, that's that's you know, I, I, I had somebody call up and they were interested in the program and um, they were 18. And I said, wow, that's so cool. You're 18. I, so many of our students wish they had learned to license their products when they were that young because people will struggle for decades thinking that I just interviewed a student just a couple days ago where he thought I needed to start a business. He'd been coming up with ideas since he was 16 and I think he's 49 now. And he just didn't think this whole thing was doable because I needed to start a business. I need all this money. I need a pen. I need this. I need that. And then he read our book, One Simple Idea. <clears throat> and then he started watching our videos and realized, I can do this. You know, so um, it doesn't matter if somebody becomes a student of ours or not. At the very least, I think our mission is to help people realize that licensing is a business model that's been around for hundreds of years. Yes, your hair looks pretty. It's that, wild. It's, it's but, kind of a wild thing. It's wild today. I got to tame it. Got to tame it down. But but the business model, like you said, has been around for hundreds of years. Oh, this isn't okay. something new. Now the thing that we do is we we break it down so we make it that it's affordable. So you're not taking all the risks that people every almost every inventor tries to take. 
to file a patent, to make a prototype. A lot of these things, you don't need to do it to license a product. Um, and we shock people with that, and we enjoy that. We enjoy shocking people. But more importantly, what's that? It's, it's the real deal. Well, more importantly, I see it as removing that roadblock because they just thought this was a roadblock. And it's just, and so I think it was Heidi asked earlier, do you ever get tired of the same questions? No, because this is so important to people. This is part of who inventors are. People are like, I want to start a business to make money. No, they're like, I came up with this invention I'm excited about. Yeah, I want to make money, but this is like part of who they are. So when you help people become the successful inventors that they want to be, the person they want to be, their dream, like it never gets tiring in answering the same questions. You know, and Stephen and I need to remind ourselves to always keep those answer those lower level questions because there's always new people. But yeah, try we, to do the medium questions and do some more advanced questions too. I want to answer a question from Celeste. Now, you guys, Celeste is all the way from South Africa. Thank you, Celeste. I see your question and I want to help answer this. All right. She wants to know about hourly fees with patent attorneys. Yeah. Okay. I want to give you kind of a range here so everybody understands. Um, number one, Andrew and I both believe that you can write your own provisional patent application yourself and do a fantastic job. And we have a great program. Here's the plug. Here's the plug. We have a great pl program called Smart IP that you can buy for $99 and it's going to show you how to do it. So that's a really low cost. I don't even need to hire anybody, Celeste, at that point. Okay. But let's say I want to hire somebody, right? And let's talk about what is the provisional patent application cost if I hire a patent agent or, or an attorney. Okay, it's very simple. If I'm going to hire a patent attorney in uh, East Coast or West Coast, big city, big firm, I'm going to be paying a lot of money, usually three to four hundred dollars an hour at the minimum. And that patent, that PPA might be three or four thousand dollars. A non-provisional might be up to, including office actions, could be up to thirty-five thousand dollars. That's the high end. Okay, if I go in the middle of the country, I'm going to, I might find a solo practitioner like Jake Ward. In fact, Jake Ward's not a solo anymore. The guy's got like 10 other guys working for him now. But a smaller guy in the middle of the country, the rates are going to be much better, probably 250 an hour, and it's going to be a lot cheaper. Okay, but here's the catch, and I'm going to give Kevin Prince a plug here. Kevin Prince, Andrew and I have known him forever. He's a patent agent. All that really means is that he can't litigate. That's all that means. He can't litigate in court, but he does such great work. He's out of Las Vegas. It's called Quick Patents. Kevin Prince, I'm giving you a plug here. This guy is fantastic, right? I mean, he'll write a provisional patent application, right? We want you to do it for $99, but he'll do it for $2,000, $1,995 something, some number. And then when you want to file your non-provisional patent application, he'll do it for another $2,000. I, I think it's another three. I think a full utility he'll do for 5,000. Okay, 5,000. That's insanely, okay. so let's put that in perspective, Stephen, that's insanely cheap. Unbelievable. Like, now, 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 but this guy, but and you're probably like, oh, okay, it's just some hack or something. No, I mean, no, I think good. he had told me he, he got, accepted to Stanford, but his parents couldn't afford it. Don't quote me on that. But I've had coffee with him because he's in town. Um, he's uh, he's a he good, got, he's he smart. He got an engineering degree from Berkeley, which is a great school. But yeah. here's the deal, you guys. 
he does a great job, but it's he's only as good as you provide the information to him too. Don't get me wrong. I don't care if you get the best firm or small firm or patent agent. They're they're really only good as the information you provide. If you provide them with no information or very little information, I can guarantee whatever they're going to write for you is not going to be that good. That's yeah. it. Okay, so 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 let's hopefully I've answered this, but I want to say one last thing. She's in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And I did this event. Celeste hosted me at this wonderful event at Adams and Adams. They're the largest law firm in the Southern Hemisphere. Guys, that's kind of big stuff. And Celeste, that was a wonderful event. Um, I asked them, what do they charge? But their exchange rate is a little different, right? And yeah. so it's really affordable. Now, here's the catch, you guys. Because I was thinking, well, well, I'm just going to send people to Adams and Adams and South Africa. It's so cheap, but you have to realize they're practicing law in their part of the world, right? And and maybe you could hire someone in another country too. So you have to realize, will the quality be the same as you're getting from a Kevin Prince or somebody else? I, I don't know. It. I'm not quite sure if it is or not. But um, I kind of want someone that's practicing in the same country, kind of. You know what I mean? It, it makes more yeah. sense. Well, it, no, but okay. But and tell me, tell me what you think about this, Stephen. I mean, nine times out of ten, when our students license products, our U.S. students and our international students, it's with a company that's selling in the U.S. and Canada. Okay, and then sometimes it's in Europe. Um, you're you're fairly unlikely to license a product in South Africa. So one of the big things that we teach people is that if you're in a country that isn't the US or Canada or Europe, yeah. you should be focusing on the US and Canada and Europe and licensing in those countries and mo for the most part US and Canada, okay? Um so sometimes people are very proud and they I live in this country, I live in Kenya or whatever, so I'm going to file a patent there. Well, and I'm going to make a statement here that's not really worth very much. And um you really need to file a U.S. provisional patent application, in my opinion. That's not legal advice. Please consult your attorney if you're looking for legal advice. That's a disclaimer. <laughs> um, so, so Stephen, um, I do see people in, in in other countries, smaller countries, and they're just so proud of the patent they filed in that country. And I'm like, well, and they didn't really know what their goal was because they just figured I should file a patent. So um, I do advise people if if whatever attorney they're using should be an attorney that regularly files U.S. provisionals or patents. Yeah. Okay, Here, yeah. here's the last thing I'm going to say too about, okay, so the range per hour could be 250 an hour. That's about, that's about, that's a low end, I think. 350, 400 is probably average. If you get a top guy, like a really good guy, it could be $700 an hour, right? And I've even seen attorneys at $1,000 an hour, you guys. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a better job by someone that's more expensive either. Mm. So so be careful with that. So Celeste, it's a full range. I like to go with guys that I know have my back. Jake Ward is one of them. He's out of, um, I think he's up in Michigan, does a great job. Kevin Prince does a great job. If you guys yeah. want more information, you can always reach out to Andrew and ourselves. We can always point to these guys. They just do a great job. Here's a question, though, Andrew, that I really want to get to here. Someone's asking, should I find a patent attorney? First of all, they're kind of framing this up that patent attorneys and patent examiners, they kind of have this relationship and there's kind of this, this network. They kind of know each other and, and you want that patent attorney that knows that patent examiner. 
Okay, you guys. Okay. Um, in fact, what do you think about something I was told that the patent attorney is is key when when you have to have an attorney banter with an examiner? Okay. Yes. Yes. And that her name is Janice. Janice. Yes. 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 Okay. Let me explain part of this process that a lot of patent attorneys might not be telling you. <laughs> okay. You you file for a non-provisional. And maybe you spent eight to ten thousand dollars, let's say average. Could be high 15, could be 10. Yeah, you're in that range. Okay. And and they file it with the drawings, everything else that goes in there, and you give them all the good information, done all your work. Now, this patent examiner, poor patent examiner, some cubicle out of 10,000 of these guys are going to review it, you know, and they're going to reject it. Guarantee they're going to reject it. It's called an office action. You're going to get it. They never just approve it. You're going to get an office action. And what this means is you're going to have to prove to that patent examiner why you should be getting these claims. Okay. And this is all normal. This happens every time. It's just normal business. And right. that office action costs anywhere from $1,500 to $2,500. More like $2,500. And patent, patent attorneys and patent agents love that. They love it, right? And because that's another way they're going to collect fees. Right. All right. And, and, so and I'll just throw in there, don't mean to interrupt you, but I talked to so many inventors where the patent attorney or agent didn't inform them. They're, they thought they were done with the costs and they have these office actions. They send them a bill. They're like, what? And it's like, I can't believe. And so, you know, I, we had to beat up patent attorneys, agents a little bit here. Um, and because that's what we do. Uh, but they didn't inform the inventor like there's going to be these other costs once the patent office comes back a year to two and a half years from now. You're going to get three rejections. Pretty common. Mm -hmm. At $2,500, that's $7,500 more you're spending. But it's not always that much at all. Pretty much. Yeah. For all my patents over there, and there's a wall of them, they got rejected all three times. It never, it never, it's never like, like three grand extra for the office actions or something, never. you know? No, yours are more complicated though with stuff you're working it's on. It's always an. I think it's a game they're playing right there. So, yeah. so here's the point, and Janice, this is what I want to get to. If your patent attorney is going to write a response back to the examiner to argue why you should get that claim, that's what they do. And but here's a better way. I would like. I would. I, and I've seen this happen firsthand. I want my patent attorney to have an interview with the examiner so they can banter back and forth. They can talk about it. Because if you've got the right patent attorney with a really good bedside manner, because I'll tell you, it's like a fight. I mean, you get in there and you're like, well, the first time I was involved in it, I didn't say a word. I was like, God, this is really ugly. This is not going well. But at the very end, the patent examiner told the, my patent attorney, what he needs to do to get that claim issued. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, how is that going to happen if you're writing a written response? It's not going to. All right. So you want to find a patent attorney that has a great track record with interviewing patent examiners. Yeah. And you're saying that a lot of patent attorneys and agents, they don't get on the line with the examiner on the phone or they, they have a teleconference you. thing and they don't talk to them. And then you're saying that's a mistake. Now you're not saying it's they, available. 
you're not saying you need to do that 100% of the time, but when it's necessary, you're saying a lot of times some patent attorneys and agents aren't doing it when they should. Is that I true? Think, I think a lot of them don't have those type of skills to navigate it very well, or, or they're not, uh, they don't have great uh, soft skills. Or, or they, they don't know how to, uh, you know, kind of butter up the patent examiner. Come on, it's, it's like a fight. And so, it, it, so Janice, you're right. I want a patent attorney that loves doing uh, uh, interviews with the patent examiner and has a great track record of getting a lot of patents issued. And you can check that out too to make sure they do. Now, let me ask you a question, Stephen. So when um, one of our fans or one of our students uses our smart IP solution that we developed with patent attorney Gene Quinn, the yeah. smart IP pro product, uh, how much does it cost? $99. Well, they got another cost there. A filing fee at what, $60 at the USPTO? Yeah, they, they lowered it from 75 to 60. So oh, what God, is that? $159, oh, you know? Oh my so. God. And you, you know, <laughs> that's pretty good. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let me go after the USPTO for a minute. I never go after him. They thought that was doing us a favor? Come on, you're saving 15 bucks. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not where the expense is. <laughs> but but I don't go. I hey, nothing is going yeah. down in price right now. I thank you for know, but, saving us 15 bucks. You know, like I mean, what they thought that was a they thought they were like doing a great thing I, I really man. I really would love to be on that meeting when they discussed it and and how that happened I don't know if that was part of the the new patent stuff that passed I, I don't know how that happened yeah. I haven't researched it don't really care I, I can see it now you hey you know I, those those inventors are really struggling yeah I know yeah we got to do something for them yeah I know well yeah let's well let's reduce the to charge for 15 from 15 dollars <laughs> <laughs> So subtract that $15 from the $20,000, you get a patent. Come on, you guys, it's ridiculous. There you go, USPTO. Not, not wild about it. Yeah. So let's. So since we're on the patent subject, I think Loretta might be new. I'm interested in licensing my patent for integrated level monitor, integrated vessel level monitoring and control system. And she put a patent number there. Okay. So Stephen, we're, we're not going to beat up Loretta. I think it's perfectly fine. She filed a patent. But what is our approach for people that are new that haven't filed a patent? What approach do we take? And what should Loretta know in the future about filing patents and when to file a patent? Okay. All right. I think patents are great. You guys, I love patents. You know, you can tell there's a wall of patents there. I love patents. Okay. Most patents never make a dime. <laughs> okay. So, ugh. wait, 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 Steve. I don't get it. Patents are expensive, but they don't make a dime. Okay. There's a problem, right, Andrew? And I think you and I have talked about this over the years. What is the problem? Why aren't these patents making money? Right? It's because at the very beginning, us inventors were not testing the market to make sure there's market demand for that invention I'm going to get a patent on. That's the first thing. Number that two, doesn't mean manufacturing the product. That means trying to license it. Whatever. Right. And the other part is, you know, maybe the inventor doesn't know what to do after you have a patent. That's another big problem. Or, or they think that just because they have a patent, now that's licensable. Well, no. That's, or no. So the, the problem we're seeing is that there's, there's a communication gap. There's a, there's a gap here. You're filing patents out of fear. I want to own this. I don't want right. someone to steal it. 
I'm going to run out there. I'm going to file it. Right. But what, what you need to be thinking is, how is this going to make money? Does anybody right. really want it? And of can course. I test, and can I test the waters first without filing for a patent? Okay. Right. That's what we try to teach. Okay. So, but you guys you have to realize patents are great too. If you have a patent, you can leverage it. It, it does a, a lot of things that are really great. Right. But there's a lot of things that doesn't do. Right. And so we just want to make sure we're educating everybody to realize the patent isn't everything, but it does give you leverage. It does have value. You can raise money. You can do all these things. But what's really more important is, does anybody really want that patent? Right. Do they want the invention? And Andrew, I'm going to add this too, because if I don't, you're going to add it. Okay. <laughs> Do a preemptive strike, Stephen. Pretty, Cover pretty, it all. I, I don't do that all the time, but I'm doing it now. <laughs> Most of our students license ideas without patents. And that really shocks a lot of people. It shocks patent attorneys. It shocks everybody. I would say if you go to our site, InventRight, and you find that navigational bar at the top that says Members Success, you're going to see 100 ideas out there maybe more or less, I don't know how many's on there, that were probably licensed, I would say probably the majority without an issued patent. And people are always shocked. What do you mean, Steve? They licensed that without a patent? Come on. Yes. And so, but getting back to your question. But um, what did they have? They had a provisional patent application. Right. And they were there and they were seeing if if the company's interested, sure. We'll file a patent if you're interested, but you were only spending 60 bucks. Okay. You so know, let, and you know, let's see if we can help you here because we, we kind of got derailed here. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to say this if you've got a patent, congratulations, first of all. Good for you. Number two is you need to learn the steps of licensing, not your patent, right? It's really the benefit of your idea, mm -hmm. right? And that's what you need to focus on. And that's what we teach everybody is look, how do I produce the right marketing material? So I look like a professional, find the right companies, reach out to them correctly to get interest, and then sign the licensing deal. And we have all that information. If you go to our free resources at inventright.com, you'll see at the very top, free resources. We go through all the steps. You can read a book, one simple idea, goes through all of it. Or you can watch 1,000 videos. We have a InventRight TV, maybe not 1,000. I think we have 1,000. Well, I thought you, you said we were at 1,000 now. I didn't check personally. We're over, but... we're over 1,000. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, good luck with watching all those. Man, Andrew, can you believe there's a thousand up there? I, you know, <laughs> I've 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 actually called people and they were watching our videos when I called them. I've I'm like, why am I hearing my voice? And I, and then I talked to people that are like, oh, hey, my spouse came in. I just want to let you know and said, um, what are you doing? They're like, I'm watching these Invent Right guys. Invent Right, what? You've been watching for like three hours. And they're like, yeah, these guys are great. People tell me that all the time. Let, it's let me like, tell you what I don't want you to do if you're watching this. Don't ever watch us on the big screen. <laughs> don't do that. What are you saying? We're getting on in age and they shouldn't do that? Well, I keep on backing up off the camera. Right? I'm getting <laughs> older here, man. I cannot imagine being on the big screen because I saw that one time. Oh God, I'm not going to do that to myself because I watch. Um, as you you know this, I watch one to two and a half hours of YouTube every night because I'm a learning addict, and I watch it on my TV. And I've never watched us 
and I never will on my big TV. I, I, <laughs> I don't right. want it. So, someone told me they did that, and I was just yeah. like, oh. No. Oh, well, you're sounding no. so vain no. now that you say that. No, but I, don't I hear do you. that. Don't do that. Watch it on your phone, where where I'm really small. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some leading questions. That's good for Loretta, and it's good for everybody else. I'm gonna add you some le leading questions. Okay. Is getting a patent a validation of your idea? Because I think a lot of inventors subconsciously think I got a patent, therefore this product makes sense, and and it makes and it's it, companies will want it because I got a patent. Is that true? Really? Yes. Yeah, me. but but a lot of people don't understand that that's not true. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me why it wasn't true. I'm not going to. I'm not going. I'm not going to stop. I'm, you. I'm baiting Go you. Ahead. Come on. I, no, no, you're not hooking me with that question. You okay. Because I know well, you're dying to. Well, I, I, I think a lot of inventors do. They're, they're so proud of their, their patent, the patent in which maybe they didn't cover all the variations, workarounds, improvements. Yeah. Maybe it's not manufacturable, manufacturable reasonable price. Maybe the product itself doesn't make sense. Just the fact the patent office gave you a patent, they're not evaluating the marketability of your product at all. So don't ever feel like I got a patent, so therefore the product makes sense and everybody will want it. And I'm not saying you guys are thinking that, but a lot of people subconsciously are thinking that. And having helped inventors for 23 years, I just know that, you know? So um, now, people need to hear now, that. Andrew, are you bashing my patent now? You're really irritating <laughs> me. I'm proud of this patent, so stop doing what you're doing. Well, I mean, you should be proud of a, a product that you brought to market, not a patent. Now, I'm proud of this, too. Okay. All right. Hey, well, now you're baiting me. <laughs> I am. So don't stop that because I am proud of this. Okay. But if you got that patent and you never made a dime on it when you could have... I'm still proud. Stop what, that. What, what if you never made a dime on it and you knew that you could have filed a provisional I, for 60 I, bucks I, I, and I'm realized that? I'm not as that. happy with it. I'm not as happy, but I'm still <laughs> proud. Okay, that was fun. We're we're gonna stop being quite so crazy. Although people, everybody says they like us when we get crazy, Stephen. So it keeps it entertaining. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, let's see what else we got. We got a bunch of good questions here. Uh, okay, what? Just a random one here. Uh, Justin, not random. Justin, I made I made a drain funnel that prevents hair clogs without catching hair, without catching hair. Huh. That's you would think you'd want it to catch hair. That's interesting. Well, so, you know, whenever people go, is my idea, should I do this, Andrew? I'm like, look at all the other products in the space. There's a ton of products that help you catch, you know, hair and to prevent your drain from clogging yeah. and all that. Is is there a market for that? All you need to do is look at the space. It's a valid market. If you have a point of difference and you look at everything else that's out there, go for it. Here's the thing a lot of people don't do. They don't look at all their products, they're afraid of what they're gonna find. The marketing manager of a big company, trust me, they know what's in the market. You can't like go around with blinders. And I know this because I talk to inventors, they tell me what their invention is, these are our students, but, and in 30 seconds, I'm like, I find the exact same thing. And I'm like, you didn't do your research. So, um, but Justin, yeah, there's a market for that. No, wait, I, doubt. I, Celeste was kind of, I love Celeste, she's fantastic. She thinks the quality, a patent, um, you know, writing a patent in South America is better than anywhere, anywhere South in the world. Africa. South Africa. South Africa. And I'm glad she said that because if it is, 
if it is, you guys, let me tell you this right now. I can't verify that because I've never done it. But if it is, the exchange rate is so unbelievable that you'll get the best deal in the world by filing and by having someone draft it in South Africa, file it in the United States. Okay, who cares? But I'll tell you, the exchange rate is so insane that I would do it there myself. But I don't have a personal experience with that, Celeste, but thank you for saying that. A very, very interesting comment. You know, I mean, like right now, my wife's originally from Brazil and we were looking at real estate in Brazil. I'm not going to buy a condo or something down there. We we're considering it. The exchange rate is incredibly positive. With all the things going on with the economy now, who knows what's going to happen, Stephen, but but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but yeah, so Celeste is bringing it. We don't, we never talked about this before, Stephen. Like, Celeste had to really school, she had to school me on this one. Good for you, Celeste. Well, she has a point. Good for but, you. Celeste, but here's, for- here's what I would recommend if you guys are going to do that. Stephen, myself, we've never guided people to do that. It's very interesting. You need to ask them how many patents have you filed in the US? How many US patents have you filed? So, me? and no, the any attorney that is overseas that they would be a filing lot. a US patent. They do a okay. lot. They do then, do a lot. Yeah, that's something. See, Celeste, I asked that question to somebody. I even spoke to the founder you introduced me to because I wanted to write an article about it. Because if that's true, everybody should be filing, have it filed or have it drafted in South Africa. I'll tell you guys, the exchange rate is, it's crazy. I think you told me. Go ahead. I would compare it to Kevin Prince. Kevin Prince will file a full utility for five thousand dollars. I think I think he told me they will do a non-provisional for like twenty five hundred bucks. Holy shit. That's what I said. (laughs) Wow. That's insane. That's what I'm saying. So so don't ask ask us who to reach out to there, guys. But that is very interesting. I never really um we we haven't really done that. You know, we let me we have Scott. Scott, you're back. Thank you for being back. Scott and I go back a long ways, Andrew, and I didn't know how long we really went back because Scott was at Stanford when I when I gave a lecture at Stanford at their, I think, their graduate design department. And Scott was there. And that's really kind of amazing that he was there. He mentioned that to me. Not only was he there, he was also when I gave a presentation at IDO which you've yeah. never invited me back, but I think I've told that story last week, but he was there too. Now, he's also, I think, a patent, Scott, are you a patent attorney or a patent agent? He's one or the other, I'm not quite sure, but he has a lot of opinions and I don't agree with all of his opinions and he knows I don't, but some of them I do. But this is a great question he's asking right here. Andrew, and you're going to answer this because I know you're so good at this. I've heard you say this so many different times. It's one of the questions you you have answered a million times oh in 22 yeah. years. So give me the answer. Yeah, Heidi was asking if we ever get tired of answering questions. This one I get a little tired of, but it's so. <laughs> there you go, Heidi. He but, lied to you. He but, lied to but, you. No, 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 no. But I don't. Because people have such an incredible sense of relief when they realize they're not screwed. Okay. So, um, so Scott's saying, what do you advise if one cannot license their invention within the year? He's basically saying if the year the provisional patent gives you. File a non-provisional patent. I can't tell you how many inventors, these aren't students, they're like, Andrew, Andrew, my provisional is going to expire in a month. And my attorney told me if I don't file a full utility, I'm going to lose my priority date. I'm like, 
Yeah, that's true, but they're not giving you the full story. They're trying to get you signed up for the full utility, believing you're going to use that, lose that priority date. So when you file a provisional, you file it at this date. And then if you don't file a full utility and reference that provisional within a year, you're going to lose that date. Okay. But what they're not telling you, if you haven't made public disclosure, and everybody says, well, what's public disclosure? Well, sold it a swap meet, put it up on a website. You know, for the most part, showing it privately via email to marketing managers of companies is not considered public disclosure. Not legal advice, but 99% of the attorneys I've talked to have told me that. Okay, not legal advice. So if you haven't made public disclosure, you can file it again. Oh, good. I can just extend it. Nope, you can't extend it. Let's say you filed it 11 months ago and you file that same exact thing. Maybe you add something to it. Today, you get a year from today. Oh, but what if somebody comes up with in the meantime? Well, if the 10 grand for the patent's worth it, I've literally never had that happen to one of our students in 23 years. It could happen. Pay the 10 grand. You'll get that original date. You file, file a full utility. But if not, it's another $60 and you get a whole nother year, okay? Providing you haven't made public disclosure. So the people are like, oh, my patent attorney didn't tell me that. They were like, I was going to spend 10 grand. Thank you. Save me, Andrew. You know? Um, so Why that's. To be told that story. Oh God, I don't know. I, maybe three times a week, every week. Like <laughs> maybe, yeah. Like, but, but people are so grateful. They're like, I thought I was done with my invention. I thought I was done. I thought I couldn't do it anymore because the year of the PPA passed. I'm like, who told you that? There you go. He said he wasn't happy answering that question, but look how enthusiastic he got. Yeah, exactly. You got I get excited. About, about it. You got him with that. All right. Scott's an agent. He's a yes. agent. Thank you. But he's got, um, some interesting, um, he's got an interesting question here. He, he says he doesn't uh, disagree with you, Stephen. He says he offers the same advice. Oh, I think he disagrees. You, you, you like him more now? No, <laughs> I like people disagreeing with me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So he wants to know about, you know, looking at a patent and, and evaluating or evaluating a patent or whatever you want to call it to see if, or, or your invention, see if you should go forward. Andrew, what do you do if I have this great idea? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Is there anything I can do to make sure I've got a good idea? I mean, is there anything I can do to to verify I've got a good idea? I mean, how do I know if I'm working on something that's a that won't go anywhere? How do I know that? By studying the marketplace. How do I know uh, that? Okay. Well, first of all, first of all, study the micro category of the idea. If you're doing a doorstop, you need to know all the doorstops on the market. Okay. And you need to spend your two or three, four hours to do that research up front, okay? So you can make a change. But then once you make any changes you need to in your marketing and you reach out to companies, you're going to know if the companies are showing interest. You don't need to manufacture a product. You don't need to make a prototype quite often. You can make a virtual prototype and a sell sheet, a marketing piece, and show it to 20, 30 companies that sell that type of product and see if there's interest. They're all marketing managers in that space, as you know, Stephen. They know what's selling, what's not. If they're intrigued, they're going to get back to you. That's how you know. Okay. That, I, I always tell everybody I love this. The only opinion that really matters is the company's going to pay you. But here's another question. Now, someone just mentioned here, and I think this is valid. Conduct a focus group. Now, give me. don't get me wrong. I mm. think getting opinions are important. Yeah. But, but when someone actually pulls out their wallet yeah. and puts money down, that's kind of the better opinion that I want. Yeah. 
right? And and some of the best people in the world always say this. And there's one famous guy that always says this. I'm not going to mention his name, but mm -hmm. the, the way to really tell if someone opens their wallet, we have. Wait a minute, you, Andrew. We have. Uh, we have Ben. Ben. Ben has joined yeah, us today. There. Yeah, Ben, our LinkedIn for licensing expert. He's on LinkedIn, Stephen. I didn't think he was on LinkedIn. I'm just kidding. Ben. He's a LinkedIn expert. <laughs> you know? You guys, if you don't know who Benjamin Harrison is, let me let me back up for just a minute. Benjamin is the is a licensing is the is our InventRight licensing expert using LinkedIn, and he teaches mm -hmm. classes for our group twice a week. Twice, for, every other week, yeah. Every other week, I mean, twice a month, where he is. It has a big group, Andrew. Every time I go to those classes, they just seem to get bigger. Everybody comes together, and he's there twice a month teaching them all the new techniques to reach out to companies to get deals and what i really like about it you got all these people and they're all pitching at the same time they're all they're all kind of working together ben teaches a class he always brings something new to it right mm -hmm. which i really like and then he opens it up and it's a really a community of like-minded people together helping each other he does a great job i was there God, last time I was, I'm always shocked I go there, Andrew. I'm always shocked because I hang in there and every time I get there, there's even more people hanging in there. I'm like, why, why are all these people here? It's because he does a great job. And I wrote a book with Ben, licensing ideas using LinkedIn. So if you really want more information about how to do that, pick up that book. Yeah, um, Benjamin a, does an Benjamin. amazing job. He really, he really cares about folks, gives great advice. And what I love about the smart pitch meetings that he does is, you know, you might be on a meeting and one person's like, hey, I reached out to 15 companies, crickets. And they're giving some advice and stuff. And then they're back two weeks later or four weeks later. And they're like, hey, that worked. And then other people are like, no, no, I did this. And they're, so it's, they're, they're all sharing with each other and they're all reaching out. All the latest tips, strategies, he's really up to date on everything about LinkedIn. The thing that really irritates me, Ben, if you're listening. <laughs> Because every time he wants to use an example of someone's doing something terrible, I think he uses my profile. <laughs> oh, really? That's funny. I'm like, what's up with that? Well, well ben, ben has a great sense of humor for those of you who don't know Ben. So I, I freaking love you know, that. He, he's I've been a victim a lesson, of that too. He's teaching a lesson not, something not to do by yeah. using mine. I've, I, he's done that to me too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so let's get back to Nikos here. Conduct a focus group. So um, to go into even more detail on what Stephen was saying, you know, when when people, I think focus groups could be great where you could put the product in their hand. You give people pizza, they all sign non-disclosures and you put the product in their hand and you see they're confused by it or whatever. Okay, that could be beneficial. But they say that only one in 10 people in a focus group that said they would buy it, when you, like Stephen said, actually ask them to open up their wallet, will actually do it. So take of the grain of salt. And then I get people, Stephen, and you've seen this before, they want to post it on Facebook and then tell the company, hey, I got 100 likes. It means nothing, nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Can we talk about this disclosure issue for just a minute? Because you, you kind of you got me thinking about this. We have this program at InventRight called Design Studio, where when our students sign up, they have this ability to work with our designers to create 3D computer prototypes to do marketing material sell sheets line drawings everything you need and those group that we have they've been trained of how to do this type of marketing material for inventors and we've done thousands 
I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of these for our members. We've also opened that up to the public where you can get it done too. But someone asked me the other day, they said, Steve, why go to your group, InventRight Design Studio, to have this done? I'm just going to go to Fiverr. And I thought long well, and hard. I said, you know, Fiverr is a great place. I think they do a good job. Hell, I've used some people on Fiverr too. I think they're wonderful. Or Upworks. But here's the difference, everybody. When you're getting design services done by a third party, they probably live in some part of the world who knows what. And you can hit this little button where they won't disclose it, which is great because you don't want them to disclose your invention. Right. But sometimes they put it on their private portfolio website or public portfolio that happened to yep. one of our coaches yep. a public portfolio that's what i mean public it didn't matter oh. that you checked the box that they wouldn't show it publicly they still did so it's a big when, risk when andrew was talking about public disclosure how you don't want to do that by by using someone they could do that and they could make sure you cannot get a patent for that you guys don't realize how dangerous that is that's why design studio they're all under nda they're not sharing anything they do the best work in the world Number one, that's because they do it every day. But also, you don't have that disclosure issue by going to someone out there at Fiverr because it's cheaper. Yeah, if a product has been publicly disclosed more than a year and you didn't get a patent on it, you can never get a patent on it again. So that is of a concern. And and you know, it's Scott a is a is a, a patent so agent, so he knows so that all too well. We were answering his question, but it's more for everybody else because he knows all about it. It's all a much that. bigger deal, you guys. And so you know, just realize that when you're when you're working with with those type of people, I think they're going to do a great job. You just have some liability here. All right. Yeah, go. we got seven minutes left, Stephen. Um, uh, hello, oh, Heidi's laughing. Good, good. Everybody's happy. Benjamin, yeah, great to see you guys. Yeah, you know, you know where Benjamin? I think Benjamin's down. He's, I think he's down in Florida. Is he down in Florida? He moved. He moved to the completely other side of the country. He was in up there on the the west coast. In, yeah, but first of all, he was in, he, I think he was well. He was in Tennessee. Then went to the west coast for a year or something. And then now mm -hmm. they went back. And now I think he's down in Florida. The guy moves around, man. Yeah, he's, he's got the RV, so he can do that. He does. He does. Um, so you know, uh, Jimmy was just agreeing. No, it's not a validation that getting a patent is not a validation of your idea. Hey, I want to talk about Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm glad yeah. you're joining us. Jimmy, you sent me an email. I saw your product. I think it's very, I think you're really smart. I sent you an email. Come back to me so we can talk about it. I know you're busy. You're back east, but somehow we're disconnecting. But thank you for joining us today, Jimmy. Cool. Um, Stephen, do you want to do a shameless plug for our May promotion for when people sign up with our premium program? Normally, we give away like forgot to do that. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll quite often give away one thing, like an extra month, or a sell sheet, or a VP virtual prototype, or an all access report list of companies. But this month, Steve went a little nuts, and he's giving away an extra month of one-on-one well, -on -one coaching. Why? What's this and month? A, what? What is Hold this on. month? What National Inventors Month. National Inventors Month. Yeah. Uh, an extra month of one-on-one -on -one coaching, a sell sheet, a virtual prototype, and an all-access report. It's like over $1,400 worth of stuff. So that's good for the month of May. Um, so if you guys are interested, you can go to inventright.com and find more info about that.
Now, Andrew, I thought by celebrating National Inventors Month to give them more tools than we normally give them, it's going to help them with that journey. So you guys check it out, inventright.com. We're giving away, Andrew, I think we're giving away the ship on this one, but what the heck? Yeah, well, let's 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 see how it goes. Um, oh, what do we have here? Yeah, it's the really long one from Nikos, or is that what you're looking at? Yeah. Yep. He's got a product. It's a automatic drink cover. He has a website already he created. You don't need a website, Nico, when you're licensing a product. Typically, companies don't have time to go to websites. A one-page sell sheet is a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but if you're as long as you if you do have a website, first off, you're making that public disclosure we talked about. OK, so that's valid. But maybe could you want to have it could be private. Yeah, well, he has a utility patent, so he's filed well, a patent. He's okay. good. All right. So but this is my take. If when they look at the top of the site, if they don't understand your product within six seconds, not going to cut it. If they get it in six seconds, I've seen some people with the website where they've accomplished right. that. Then it's okay, but well, you don't you need to click here and click there and everything else. No, no, it's not going to. No, uh, they're not going to do it. They're not going to take uh, time to look at it. No. Um, he said, "What are some good questions to ask when cold calling companies?" Um, you don't really want to ask questions except for, you know, I. It's this is essentially. I'm not giving you word for word what you're going to say, but I've looked at your product line. I believe I have a product that's the right match for your company. I'm looking to license it. Can I send you a sell sheet? That's a little bit long. But um, you're asking permission to send the marketing piece, or in this case, your website, that is going to do all the selling for you. You're not like wasting their time. You want to only use up about 10 seconds of their time. And I think a lot of inventors don't understand that, Stephen. Um, and then if they're really intrigued, great, they're going to look at it more. But to think they're going to look through a 20-page PowerPoint or a prospectus or a long rambling email, ain't got time for that. And if you do that, you're just wasting your time. Not going to work. Now, Andrew, so. this is so specialized. Um, and we said this last time, a lot of organizations, we help even very large ones. You know, we even, we even work with the Smithsonian, you guys, which is a wonderful organization because this is so specialized. And and a lot of people think that I'm just going to learn it along the way. You guys, you're going to need some coaching from somebody. It could be us. It could be somebody else. But the best advice I can give anybody, if you're going down this journey, find someone that's already done it, right? You don't have to learn everything. And it doesn't have to take you years to get here. You want to get your ideas in front of companies as quick as you can, spend a very little money, test the market, test the market, act as a professional, build relationships, get in the game of innovation. It's the most exciting field you can be in. You can play the biggest game in the world today, anywhere in the world, but you have to do it correctly or you're going to land in the amateur camp at these companies and you won't be able to get out because you made some fundamental mistakes. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Hoo, hoo. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, a company could mark your email as spam and then they, they just won't see any more emails from you. Well, because you sent this crazy, you, long, rambling email. It well, could Andrew, can you, wait, I saw an email from someone, Andrew, and I even called the person up. I just felt I had to help this person. What happened? What they do? He sent an email to someone that we know on, event, on our TV, guys, on our TV channel, Inventry TV. Sometimes we bring on companies or people that are looking for ideas. Okay. This one particular person was looking for ideas. And I got and he looked at it and he thought we were a better fit for this guy. So he sent it back to us. And I saw the email, Andrew, 
that this mm -hmm. gentleman sent to this person, company that wants ideas. And it was just a wall of text. There wasn't even a break. I mean, there's no break. There's I, I no don't break. know why people do that. There's no oh break. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So visually, it was like, no, no, that doesn't work. And he started talking about how he was going to take how we, how 5% of the market would be these dollars and talk. I mean, he just went on and on and on. And I, I called him up. I said, look, I'm going to give you three pieces of advice. Never send a wall of text to anybody ever again. No one will ever read it. You're, you, you'll, they'll look at you and they won't want to work with you at all. Number two, make it a paragraph at best. Get to the point. This is what you have. This is the benefit. Move on. Here's the last point. Never brag about how you're going to dominate the market. Yeah. It's an amateur move. They see it. And, and hey, guys, when they see that, know what they says to them? I'm not going to work with you because you're going to drive me crazy. Yep. You need you need help. And that's not my job to help you. You know, uh, one of our former students that uh, is an advisor of ours now, Dana, she licensed this to Grand Fusion. And they, she was talking with them quite a bit. And uh, things were really moving forward. And then they said, well, we want to do a call with you. And it, they, they called the call. And the whole call, they were interviewing her about her. And, and what they were doing, and at the end, they told her, they said, oh, congratulate. They don't usually do it like this, but this is a, a extreme example. But they're doing it, but they're not telling you. And they said at the end, they said, um, congratulations, you passed. And she's like, what, what, what do you mean I passed? And they said, you passed the crazy inventor test. We love your product. <laughs> We love your product, but we don't we don't have time to work with crazy inventors. You're obviously not one, and we would love to work with you. Now they won't say that. That's very rare, but uh, they will breaks, do it. They will Andrew, do it. It breaks my heart that companies still sees part of us like that. We we got to stop that. Yeah, they're messing it up for the rest of us. Well, no, but it just breaks my heart that they they they're so enthusiastic about what they have. I love that they are, but they need a little bit of training to make sure they do it correctly. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Well, Stephen, we hit the hour. Um, as always, I had a lot of fun with this. Every, people had great you questions. Had you had a lot of fun today. We can we can never get to them all. Are you saying you didn't have fun? Are you... I always have fun. But yeah, you, you do. You yeah. especially had fun today. I I did. It's it's really like I said. When you can help people be the person that they want to be, that successful man they want to be, and they're like nobody's helping me. And my family thinks I'm crazy or the patent attorney is just trying to get money out of me. And they're like, I trust you guys. Like, I, I, I it's amazing. It's, it's an amazing I feeling. It's happening in a long time. I'm really glad. What's you know, that? I haven't seen you this happening in a long time. I'm really happy. I'm really happy. You're happy. Why? You think I've been grumpy lately? Yeah, I mean, okay. I got a term. Oh, really? Okay. And I want to thank everybody for making <laughs> Andrew happy today. Cause it's just all about Andrew. Yeah, pretty He's much. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Guys, I hope you found uh, found this entertaining, educational, all that. Um, tell your tell anybody that's an inventor about us. You can watch us ramble on YouTube a lot more. If you guys you go, hey, I, I love watching you guys ramble, but I need help. I need to be able to say, here's my product. What do I do? I need a coach. Then go to inventright.com. Definitely consider doing it in the month of May because we've got this insane promo. Like we've never given away this much stuff as bonuses or extras or whatever. Um, so make sure to check that out. And I'll remind you guys, take care and keep inventing. And Stephen, thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Right. See you guys. Bye.